Hi guys, welcome to CB3. My name is Charlotte and this week I found out that brioche flour is delicious in a crumble. Thank you for letting us know. Hello, I'm Darcy and I found out literally about 30 minutes ago, almond milk for all its benefits is not good in an (laughs) omelette. My name's Hannah and last night I made the rash decision to let my sister cut my hair and uh, it turned out okay. My dad... (laughs) the clippers to his hair while listening to the radio and he got distracted and now he looks like one of the Peaky Blinders. I forgot to mention that uh, this week we're going to be loosely tapping into astrology so that's our theme of the week. I love that. Can I do a quick update for the people who can't see us which is everyone because it's a listening based entertainment system. Okay. Hannah's got her haircut, looks great. Charlotte is wearing a Britney Spears-esque <laughs> mic piece and she looks like she's on tour and I've got really bad sweat patches so that's the context we've got. For this recording. And we can see two of you, Darcy. I can see oh, you. Oh, yeah, you can see the mirror. So you can see the front sweat patch or the back sweat patch if I just angle myself. God, what a full on experience. Okay. okay, it's time for quarantine consumption, which I realised we called consumption quarantine last time. Well, we recommend you some of the things we've been reading or listening or watching over the last week. Now, I'm actually going to lie to you and say I'd have read this this time. I didn't. I've read these two things before. The first thing is actually nothing to do with astrology at all. It's a podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish, which is by the QI fact people, which was recommended to me by a dear friend. And the episode I'm going to recommend is the Christmas special, which sounds a bit off-piste because we're in April, but it's actually really funny. And it's also like Mariah Carey facts and also Queen facts, which in this situation are two different people. Other thing I'm going to recommend... <laughs> is written in the stars by Debbie Frank, who is a famous astrologist. So basically, there's a whole chapter on each zodiac, as you'd hope. She's not a favourite. She's got all her favourites. And um, at the end of each chapter, when you've just been read for filth, she says, like, the kind of symbolism you need. So everyone, if you're sitting comfortably... <clears throat> Taurus. Sorry, this is Hannah. Which is Hannah. Taurus. Yeah, Hannah's a goat. Who? Bull. I actually don't know. Yeah. No, you're the goat, Darcy. Well, I am the goat, thank you. <laughs> so, Hannah's a Taurus. Her crystal, your crystal, is emerald, rose gold, or sapphire. Your mineral or metal is copper, like for coil. Mm. Um, <laughs> your symbols, <laughs> sorry, your symbols are the bull, or Venus. Your tarot card is a hierophant. I don't know what that is. Your angel okay. cards, angel as myrtle, archangel Hamuel, Sham- Shamuel? Chumwell. <laughs> That'll come. Uh, flowers. <laughs> Charm. Who else? Well. What she said. Um, your flowers are rose, foxglove, poppy, and sweet william. Tree is maple, scents and candles, rose, sandalwood, amber. And for like imagery based stimulation, you have love letters, people you love as photos, and your painting is Birth of Venus by Sandra Botticelli which is a pretty, oh. I know, mine's really weird. Um, <laughs> cloth, pink, she's wearing pink today, ladies, or green, cashmere, or velvet. Oh. And your talisman is Aphrodite, or rose quartz jewellery. I'm all about the love today. Th- uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here. That's also, really complimentary. You can tell it is. You can tell you have a um, spring birthday because of the colours and shades of everything you've been recommended. And Gemini. So Gemini is... Charlotte, and here we go. Your crystal is quartz or sodalite. Your mineral or metal is quicksilver. Your Gemini symbols are Hermes, messenger of the gods, twins. 
Tarot cards, the lovers and or the magician. The angel cards are Angel Ambriel, Archangel Zadkiel. The flowers is Lily of the Valley. Your tree oh, is Ash. <laughs> the scents and candles, this actually is a lot of you. Lavender or mint, so either spearmint or peppermint. Visual stimulation, inspirational quotes, social activities. Memberships, painting is Mercury in Paris by Donato Crepi. We're getting there, guys. Uh, your cloth is mesh or net gauze, pale yellow, summer vibes. And talisman is Hermes or butterfly. Oh, I have a phobia of butterflies. Yeah, do you actually? Yeah, I'm absolutely petrified of them. Like um, I discovered it when I went to a butterfly farm and I like full on broke down inside it. And then two years ago, I went to another one and I was like, right, this is a great time to realise if I actually do have this phobia or whether I just made it up and it was like a childhood thing. And I cried in this butterfly farm and everyone was just like, oh, that's so beautiful, that's so lovely. And I cried and then ran out. And it was highly embarrassing. On to you, Darcy, Capricorn Queen. So you'll notice in mine, it's quite dark themed things because we're in the winter month. So if you're in the Capricorn season, listen up. Crystal, garnet or black onyx. My metal is lead. Capricorn symbols, the goat, as Charlotte said, or Saturn. My tarot card is judgment, which is just fitting because I don't give anyone a break. (laughs) I've got two angels who I can't pronounce. My flowers are... Holly, ivy, African violet, blue thistle. My very tree, windy, very... tree is pine. My scents are musk, leather, wood moss, basil and sage. Basil, Italian, I think that's not a coincidence. <laughs> My painting is satin by Jacob Matten. That almost rhymes. Or Martham Matten, probably Matten. It's a really strange painting. It's not really, it's more of a pencil drawing. And it's very, it's a cool grey. And it's a, bit, it's a bit kind of, not creepy, you just, you wouldn't hang it in your bathroom. Um, and my talisman is an heirloom, which I thought was a bit of a strange thing to say because I think heirlooms can be anything, but who knows? That was a really long recommendation, but that's where it comes from. Well, thank you very much, Darcy. And how did you find that book? I got this book through a recommenda- recommended podcast by Gemini Queen, Charlotte Connell. Hey. Who was, so Deb- Debbie Frank was being interviewed on the Rewilding podcast. It was a really good introduction to astrology. Like, it didn't, it, there was no assumed knowledge. She just explained everything from scratch. And it was really useful. And I think it would even be useful for people who don't subscribe to astrology, which I know is a lot of people, namely in my life, because I seem to be surrounded by haters. But that's fine. Hannah, what can you recommend to us this week? So, I have one podcast, which is to do with astrology. So, it's this one that um, Capture Collective um, recommended. It's called Art Matters. It talks about what everything... But the two main ones that I would like to recommend if you're new to astrology, as I am, um, is one on astrology and one on tarot cards. And it kind of just explains the origins and also the art behind tarot cards. And they're not very long. They're 18 to 25 minutes. So kind of bite-sized for a podcast. And then the other thing I want to recommend is nothing to do with our theme today. And that's the book, The Watchmaker of Filigree Street by Natasha Pulley and it's a very easy fun read so just like a nice distraction doesn't take a lot of brain power it's quite a page turner it's about bomb making and clockwork all set in 19th century London would recommend to a friend 
So my two recommendations for this week, one of them is a podcast, which is on topic. It's called The Expanded Podcast with Lacey Phillips. I listened to episode 33 in particular, and it's to do with astrology. And this woman interviews um, a woman called Danielle Beinstein, and they walk through astrology and they talk about astro.com and cafe astrology both of which i've looked up since which are both really great websites if you're a beginner like myself and they basically just like talk about um what it means to have a moon in certain um zodiac sign or your rising sign and it was really interesting and i struggle quite a lot to listen to podcasts if i'm not walking or if i'm not out of the house and it was about an hour and a half which is perfect for my daily walk so I just went for a little walk listened to the podcast and it was so good actually that I then listened to it again at home whilst pulling up my own findings of the websites so they have really good podcasts for a beginner and then my second recommendation is nothing like what I've recommended before and it's to have a collaborative playlist on Spotify so I found it really really fun to have a collaborative playlist with my friends and we're doing the 30 day song challenge which I've seen a lot on Instagram but um, we are doing it just as like a hidden thing by ourselves which is really really good fun it's really nice to hear what my friends um, are listening to and also what sort of brings up good memories for them. I think that collaborative playlist idea is good for um, when you live in a student house. I had friends in Santiago who did that and because it was like nine of them this place went on forever but the nice thing was the minute a certain song came on you'd know who added it because it was so specific to them and their music taste just a nice all things a nice memory as well oh also i listened to the podcast you recommended hannah the astrology one um mm-hmm. i thought it was so interesting and i remember actually when she mentioned the the dali thing and how much he used astrology i was like oh my god a level and it's, <laughs> I, mean, it's I remember seeing that and i was like i didn't think about it but the other thing i loved the voices of each person on the podcast but also, the guy said Venus instead of Venus. And there's no reason for this to be a comment, but it's just funny. That was a good recommendation. You said you liked the voices as well, didn't you, Charlotte? I really liked the man's voice, yeah. I, um, he was a German man, wasn't he? I presumed he was German. Actually, I just made that up. I just presumed from his accent that he was German. But he had a really, really nice voice. Um, also, I forgot to say that with the podcast that I listened to, the reason that I was brought to it was because it talked about it from a psychology perspective, is what it claimed on the title. But I didn't find that that much. But maybe that's just because I don't know enough about the psychology of astrology. Psychology class. Let's move on to Charlotte's webinars. So the one of our questions for this week is whether you think that the self-fulfilling prophecy plays a role with the accuracy of astrology or tarot card readings. Hannah, you look excited. What are your initial thoughts? Well, I just wanted to explain self-fulfilling prophecy for anyone who's not sure before we actually start like talking about the question. So a self-fulfilling prophecy is basically a prediction that you can make about someone. And the reason why it becomes self-fulfilling is because the person starts to believe in the prediction and starts adjusting their behavior. So then it becomes their master status. So they start acting as you predicted, even though they may not have initially wanted to. And that's a very great definition. Oh, lovely. So following that, how would you answer Charlotte's question? Well, my friend Honor, 
she um the one who gave us like information about what astrology and tarot card means to her she reads our tarot cards sometimes especially last year and she used to say how when she reads someone's cards she prefers reading the tarot cards of someone that she knows because she finds herself being influenced by information or things that's happening in their lives already so i feel like that is a great example of how self-fulfilling prophecy influences fortune telling because so let's say she were to read my one and she say there's something big that's going to happen you're going to be really happy you're also i don't know going to wake up happy tomorrow for example even though i'm like oh like probably won't happen i mean i always hope that i wake up happy but i feel like subconsciously your behavior starts changing so you start making choices that will eventually lead to you waking up happy in the morning you get me yeah 100 percent Right, so what I wanted to add to this was that my mum, when she was younger, had her palm read and a woman said to her that she would marry an Englishman and have two children, which at the time, I should clarify, my mum is French, so marrying an Englishman wasn't the obvious choice. And um, at the time, she had no intentions of going to England and my question was whether that was what she was always going to do or whether the fact that she had that prediction meant that she was more like subliminally encouraged to go to England to like take the job or like take the paths that led her to have a job offer in England or just like that sort of line so that's my sort of thought into it but the other thing I wanted to add was I had a look at my what's it called I don't know it'll come to me birth chart birth chart that's one thank you Darcy and I don't really know if I was sort of reading into it too much, but it seemed very generic, which I know is, it might have just been on like from the site that I was looking at, but it said, for example, my Mercury is in Gemini, and it said that was a nervous energy, which I feel like most people would be able to identify a nervous energy within themselves, or my Venus is in Cancer, which states that I want a safe and solid relationship. But then I'm thinking, like, who doesn't want that? I feel like, I don't know about you both, but I feel like that's just a general desire that most people would want. Something that did interest me, which was, was that my Neptune is in Aquarius, which means an interest in psychology and faith in humanity. I mean, faith in humanity, again, I feel like you would hope most people would have that. But interest in psychology. I'm studying psychology, which I thought was interesting. But moving back to the self-fulfilling prophecy, my original sort of initial thought is my mum and her palm reading. Darcy, what are your experiences with this? Self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah, I think that's most people's criticism with astrology. And yeah, I mean, if you find generic websites, you'll find generic things, because as of late, recently there's been a resurgence in interest in astrology and paying more attention to like the fine details of a birth chart of the houses and stuff. But before then, it was very much the back of the magazine thing, which is written by editors who normally aren't inclined to zodiac things also there's money in it so like why wouldn't you right exactly but the thing i would ask is as from what you know of your mum is it possible that she would have used that as an indication do you think she was at a time in her life where a bit of adventure like moving to a new country where she didn't know the language would have been more appealing to her well, I think there were definitely points because she studied English at university. So I feel like it wasn't ever off the cards that she would go to England. But I don't know whether that encouraged her to go to England, for example, over America or over like another English speaking country, because 
she'd been told that I'm not sure I haven't really properly asked her about that but I struggled to believe that that would have really changed her life plans and that going off one like what one woman had said would change her track of life and make her want to go to a country for a job opportunity rather than another one I feel like that would have come regardless of what the woman said I have a question for both of you either of you cesarean births or natural births cesarean cesarean I'm natural natural Darcy what were you I was cesarean as well so my mum asked yesterday do you think your houses are right if you're a cesarean birth and it's interesting because you think, well, cesarean's like a scientific intervention. But then I said, well, if we believe in fate and if we believe in destiny, we were still born at the right time. We just didn't happen, have it happen through. Does it not matter? Does it actually matter how you're born in astrology? No, but the thing, no because on the, when you get your birth chart done, it doesn't ask you that. I think if you, this could be wrong. If you're planning to have children, sometimes we can get your charts done according to how you want to give birth. But in terms of post event when you're already born they didn't often ask for that specification is there is there a line between it or do you just say it's destiny you had been born at that time anyway because a lot of people also are early i was early obviously eager beaver but you know other people are late people on time yeah. yeah also i guess what you were talking about brings you into the debate of whether you believe in determinism or whether you believe in a combination of determinism and free will or whether you believe in like a strict determinism that you were always determined, for example, to be born a certain way a certain, at a certain time, if you were determined to go to whichever university you went to, if you were determined to do whatever with your life or not. I'm a bit confused by the concept of determinism. So is that something that you can apply to like a baby in a womb? I've never thought about it like that, but it's more, for example, the fact that you went to university in Scotland rather than another university that was determined before you're born like you were always going to end up at that university you're always going to end up with the amount of siblings you have that was always planned is Um, the idea rather than free will being that you chose that university because of whichever reasons you had and it was entirely your choice or a combination in which like you had for example five choices rather than an endless amount of choices and then you chose from that like selection of five choices Oh, okay, I get you. It's not like it's things that are determined outside of your control. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go, 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 go. Okay. What was the question again, sorry? I've completely lost Determinism, it. free will, if that relates to when you're born or if you made yourself an individual being. Or whether there's a balance of the two. Is that right? I reckon there's a balance of the two. Because obviously things beyond your control are going to affect and shape the way you're, you're brought up and your values and the way you live your life. But as soon as we get consciousness, Okay, maybe not as soon as, but I guess when you get to a certain age, it is about your own free will and like what decisions you make. I think that I believe in a sort of like combination in that when we're born, we have a selection of like three or four paths or however many you want to say we have rather than the endless amount. And that there is an element of free will that we choose one of those rather than, and then it kind of like branches off and you, as soon as you take one, then you have two more to choose from. Then you take another one, then you have three more to choose from or that kind of idea rather than it being possible to do anything because I don't believe that I think the fact that we're born in a certain country at a certain certain point in the like at which the economy was a certain way at which the state was a certain way I think that all um, affects our future choices. I think also a good example that goes against both determinism and free will is the fact that 
the current situation we're in, I'm not going to say it, but the reason we're here is something out of our control completely. We're not being defined by what's happened, but also everyone is being curtailed. So neither of them work to, to 100%. The other thing is, the paths thing is interesting, because when you have your tarot cards read, that's what you do. You get two cards that are pulled to describe your current state of affairs, like to give you a new angle on what, what your life is currently. And the final and third card is what will happen if you choose the path that the cards are suggested for you. Have you had your tarot cards read? Yes. I had it done last week. It was really exciting. Did um, it reveal anything to you or do you think it was things that you sort of knew or aware of? I think it was things I knew already, but also it did seem really accurate. Kind of too on the nose for me not to listen. I think for anyone who's listening who's sceptical, I think also all of this, if, if you don't believe fully, it's also just fun. We are bored and you can just listen to your, like I have CoStar, the horoscope app. And sometimes I'm just like, well, I've got nothing to do today. I'm just going to follow what my horoscope says. Find um, that when you follow those for your day, you have better or worse days, or are they just the same as it would have been otherwise, do you think? I'd say I feel a bit more authentic, but maybe, that, again, that's me being like... Because I feel like often, especially because I'm still working, so I'm not actually fully on lockdown mode. So for me, I'm not, I'm not always thinking... I'm always concentrating on one thing at one time, and concentrating on different things. So if I'm taking advice from CoStar, I'm like, well... This kind of gives you more direction, supposedly. Just going back to what you were saying earlier about having your tarot cards read, I feel like you also, if you're told something that initially you're like, wow, I never knew this could happen. But often you, you tailor what you know of your life currently to what the tarot card predicts. So let's say if the tarot card gives you a really vague thing of like, something big's going to happen soon. And then you just think of all the, like, the events you're going to or all the life choices you're going to be making that you've already planned. And then you'll be like, okay, this life is going to be the big one. But then with that, you could also say like, that's kind of the point. Even if you're trying to tailor your life to what they've said, tarot cards aren't meant to be like predictions to say, they're just meant to be like a perspective that you may not have thought of. So even if like, like a big event for you before might have been, yeah, like a graduation or a big exam. Whereas what actually might end up being a big event is someone telling you something really profound or you're having an intimate moment with someone. And that, that in itself is a big event, not actually what you had previously received. So on the one hand, yeah, you could just like look at anything. But the same way that if you look at horoscopes, you can kind of tailor that to, to whatever you're doing that day. I think I misunderstood tarot cards then because I thought they were predicting your near future. I didn't realise they were just telling you kind of what was happening in the present. The way I had mine read was you ask a question to the cards and then that that's the process well our second question is whether you believe in astrological compatibility so darcy do you want to start off with this one i kind of do and i kind of don't because i know i have a type so i think it'd be hard and a really a bit of a strange coincidence to just keep having um people born in a certain month to keep cropping up with her romantic life that said currently both we are and which month well, this is the thing. So this, so that normally that wouldn't happen because I've got a type. But as of recently, I've got lots of romantic and non-romantic fr- friendships with people who are Aquarius, Aquarii. And I've learned recently that sometimes we just butt heads and it's a little bit infuriating because <laughs> we're very different. Despite both being winter signs, we're a bit different. Hannah, what did you find today? So I really don't believe in this sort of stuff. But then I looked at the star signs of people that I've been in relationship with before. And just like, just out of interest to see compatibility. And as you guys know, I was shook just by one of them. So usually like, I look at them like, 
they can be really applicable to a lot of people and these whole like are you compatible in this way this way this way just very much stock phrases but then they were just like it the gemini one was way too accurate but i don't think it has changed my perception of not believing in this i just think it was like a stroke of luck that this particular website that i looked on had this particular rap sheet about and gemini relations which i think what we can take from that is that hannah you and i should not get into a relationship yet but me and you hannah should yeah 100 percent. actually we're very compatible 86 percent according to the website i was on this is the thing i should i didn't mention this i one of my long relationships was with a capricorn and i think this is with most signs but apparently capricorns specifically like going out with other capricorns because i like seeing similarity and what they have and actually what you're saying earlier about having for wanting a solid safe relationship apparently that is that does differ across the signs. some people want more exciting more adventurous relationship whereas i specifically as an earth sign which i think you are as well oh hannah, hannah is. okay sorry i'm not so apparently stability is what we sort of crave and like familiarity so for me to find familiarity in someone who's born literally two days before me, that doesn't surprise me that much. Charlotte, what do you think about this? I had a quick jot down of my closest friends and their star signs. I went for friends rather than romantic interest, this one. And I then colour coordinated them with earth sign, fire sign, air sign. Uh, I think there's another one, but I didn't have any friends in it. So I can't remember what it was, but it's being ignored. So I found that most of my closest friends have been earth signs. So Capricorn and Taurus. And then the fire signs, so Leo and Sagittarius, are both the signs of my flatmates from this year and last year, the two girls who I lived with. And also my dad and sister are also fire signs, which I'm not sure whether that's a coincidence, but I feel like maybe I'm reading into it too much, maybe I'm not, but I can definitely live with fire signs. And then both my mum and Sophia who you both know I've known for years and years and gone to school with forever and we're both Gemini and my mum and I are Gemini as well and we've always been really really close so I don't know whether that's also like a a familiarity thing or not but yeah I mean I can show you you can't for the listeners you can't see this but a lot of green which we've got for earth signs and yeah I just thought it was very a bit uncanny really that I've had so many close friends at earth signs and the people that I've been closest to in terms of living have been fire signs we in my household by chance maybe not by chance so we have someone from each quadrant which I think is interesting because we all get on really well as you've seen we all have different ways of conducting relationships and conducting the attention of other people but sometimes it seems like it just we have a strange relationship in the sense that if we weren't family would we have a relationship that's so intense because then i wonder if that's a thing of zodiac helps but what ultimately is binding us together is the blood relation which again for some people isn't always a strong enough relationship because obviously you don't choose your family you choose your friends and that's like the thing but that i mean i don't feel that with my family but i'm saying like if maybe it's a two-way thing in that way as well because you need variety in the household but also an actual familiar relationship with it on which to base a lasting um, connection. I just find it really difficult to get behind all of this. It's just when you look at all these websites and you look at everyone's star signs and you're like, wow, my world suddenly makes sense. It's because of this. But then listening to you talk, Darcy, about your family and how all of you are different star signs and how that bonds you together, but it's also mainly blood ties. I still, I just start thinking it really has nothing to do with it not blood ties, just a, a zodiac signs. I wish I could be convinced otherwise, but I don't know. Because I, like, I don't know any of my family's signs, so I have no idea. And it hasn't impacted our relationship 
So do you think you, your relationship is impacted because you're constantly aware of everyone's signs? No. But also, what I find more telling is how people react to horoscopes. So if someone's aggressively like, oh, it's all rubbish. I'm like, let me live. Good save do? Thanks. <laughs> but like, what are you going to do about it? Ultimately, I'm bored. And this is a good time, way to pass time. Also, before, any, before modern science came about, this was the science that everyone used. Like, studying indigenous populations all over the world, this was the most constant source of information. It also makes sense because... In terms of a lot of things that we have in our lives, a lot of them aren't constant. So to, to base your calculation on the stars. And there's also a whole thing about if you were able to communicate with the sky, you were kind of deemed higher in your community. A lot of priests would use that as their sort of proof, as in they'd use it as a proof of connection with the higher powers. Also, this is a time of when there was, it wasn't mon- monotheistic. There was this need to, which actually mentioned in the podcast you recommended, this need to like connect to different gods at different moments. Yeah. Um, it brings me back a lot to what Anna was saying, because when we asked her what astrology meant to her, she said that because she's not from any sort of religion, um, she hasn't got that spirituality that you'd often get from religion. So she was saying how believing in the sort of astrology, astrology, the signs, all of that is just her way of finding some sort of spirituality from a different source. Now, that could also explain why I find it so difficult to think about it at all because like I come from a traditionally Jewish household like religious practicing all of that so maybe I don't believe it because I don't need that added level of spirituality. I think something that I struggle with is the fact that horoscopes got so popular and that there was this whole sort of like business behind it and which I think meant that a lot of people shared what weren't truly accurate horoscopes just because they seemed to make money and so I think that because of that, there was a sort of like wishy-washy horoscopes in like behind all these newspapers kind of thing, which is problematic because then that's the idea that people got from horoscopes rather than the, not science, but like the actual accuracy behind it, which does exist, but I don't think was shared because there's this money and like as soon as there's like possibility for a business to grow, then it's just like, let's like share all these things. We might not necessarily have the means to test whether this is actually accurate, but let's just share it anyway, because it will be popular. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the case of a lot of things. There are problems with everything, since everything can be commercialised, everything can be washed down to fit to other people, and that's true of most things. The one thing I'll say is that religion, for example, if we're going to use it as an equivalent, has led to countless wars over millions of years right but no one never went to war over being a cancer do you know what i mean like horoscopes have not led to like bloodshed maybe they did a long time ago i haven't checked that but like you know the romans did their thing based on a on a biblical supposed mandate so thank you that's that was a really good point also that sounds sarcastic it actually wasn't meant to be sarcastic i've realized that i need to work on my communication because i always come across as sarcastic when i'm not i think also for those who don't know charlotte she's genuinely that nice so in a, in a world full of cynicism, Charlotte shines bright. Don't shake your head, you know it's true, Charlotte. <laughs> Alright, so should we move on to positivity window? We still haven't got the right jingle, but we'll move with it. Okay, so what um, positive things have been happening this week? Do you want to take it away, Charlotte? 
So mine is not necessarily a positive thing, but it's more a tip that I've found to be really, really handy. And we were talking about this the other day. It's a tip that I've sort of lived by for the last few years, which is not make any rash decisions past 11 p.m., which I say I've lived by. Recently, I haven't, <laughs> which me dye the front of my hair blonde about, how long was it? Like two months ago? Um, I don't know if you know about this, Darcy, but one evening I decided to dye my hair, but I just got really lazy and really bored and I didn't do the back. So I sort of like did the front of it and I was like, I've got it, this is great. And then washed it off, let it dry. And I was like, I just didn't reach behind. My arm just got really like tired and bored. So I just did <laughs> the back of it. It's not that noticeable though. I'm hoping that with the sun, the rest of it will sort of lighten as well and it'll be less obvious, but... I'm just trying to grow it all out to make it but that that's the thing it wouldn't have happened had I not made that rash decision because I think that must have been definitely past 11 p.m must have been like early hours of the morning that I did that so, you've been saying that 11 p.m rule for years I remember you telling me that in sixth form like five years ago being like, I know you want to do all these things but just not before 11 it's really important yeah it is actually it stopped me from doing many a silly thing Darcy, what is your positive note from this week? Mine was going to be breathe, like don't do anything through anger. But then I was like, do you know what, Darcy? You are PMSing. You do want to fight everyone. Anger is your second name. It's actually not, but that will come at a later podcast. So actually my tip is um, listen to a song, and specifically this song. Um, and I'm actually to on this in because it's not a recommendation I put in, but ooh, loopholes. It's Katira Palante by Daddy Yankee. And it's the one that's like really fast it's just a tune and at the end he shouts that was a name. sneaky submission thank you but yeah he did a balante by daddy yankee and he does his name at the back at the end like da the yeah key and i was like it was my name so the next time in the club which oh i mean when big old when on that one but i could be like da see stick please and then <laughs> with the accent start my career literally with my puerto rican <laughs> accent which i which i will perfect by the time 2023 rolls around and my first night out comes I actually can't wait to see that. I'm visualising it strong, Darcy in Regal. I'm going to wear a flat cap and some huge t-shirts and other designer jeans. And with math and sunglasses. Yes. Hannah, save me from my sins. What's your tip? I've been sitting at my computer a lot this week because of a lot of schoolwork deadlines, as we mentioned. So every so often, I get up and listen to one of um, Charlotte's song recommendations that she gets from the um, Rewilder lady. Kiss by Prince has been the one I get a boogie down to when my back starts to hurt. And also, this is not a tip, but it's just what I've seen on the news. He raised £12 million, people. I saw that. It's incredible. That's amazing. A hundred yeah, laps. Yeah. Also, Fiend itself, because he's very old. But wow, it's so impressive. Emotional. More. Incredible. Well, um, thank you so much for listening. I've been Charlotte. I've been Hannah. I've been Darcy. And together we've been JLS. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Look forward to you tuning in for next week's podcast. Hasta luego, baby. Bye. Look at me.